Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 859 of the Juicebox podcast. I had a fantastic time speaking with today's guest. His name is Dan. Dan's father had type 1 diabetes, and one of his children now has type 1. While you're listening to me talk to Dan and have a great time, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. I want you guys to know I wanted very badly to call this episode Animal Husbandry, but I went with my heart instead. Hey, and don't forget, if you have type 1 diabetes, or are the caregiver of someone, and you are a U.S. resident, you can go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox and fill out the survey. Completing that survey helps type 1 diabetes research. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Went with my heart, I did, when this episode should clearly be called Animal Husbandry. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Dexcom G7 Continuous Glucose Monitor. That's right, baby. G7's ready for you at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. The podcast is also sponsored today by the Omnipod 5 and the Omnipod Dash. Check them both out at my link, Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. And if you're getting ready to use the Omnipod 5, I have a great resource at juiceboxpodcast.com forward slash Omnipod 5. If you want Dexcom or Omnipod, please consider using my links, typing them in a browser or clicking on them at juiceboxpodcast.com or in the audio app you're listening in right now. Because when you go to those links, through my links, you are supporting the show, helping to keep it free. Thank you so much. Let's get started with Dan. My name's Dan. I'm the father of a six-year-old girl that has type 1 diabetes that was diagnosed almost exactly a year ago. Um, and then I grew up, my father uh, had type 1 diabetes. He was diagnosed, I think, around six or seven. Um, so it's been a part of my life for pretty much uh, my entire life. Dan, you're a little far from your mic. Huh. All right. Well... Maybe I just need to talk louder. Um, <laughs> Did you get sad in the middle? Maybe you're. Maybe, I was like, I was like, God, he's fading quickly. Um, either is the, it better now? Is that? Yeah, you just you, you, you just got soft while you were talking. Like soft okay. enough, soft enough that I'm going to say your daughter was diagnosed a year ago when she was five, and you grew up with a father who had type one. Correct. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Your dad have type one your entire life, or was he diagnosed as an adult? So he was diagnosed at around six years old, I think, from what I can gather from uh, talking with the family. And, you know, it took him a really long time to figure it out with him. Uh, they just didn't know as much back then. Is he um, alive now? No, he passed away uh, about five years ago. I see. So I'm sorry. How, how, old I, would he, how, how old would he have been if he was alive? Let's see. He was... He'd be about 70. He was 65 when he 
Okay. Passed away. So he was, um, may I do the math on this? So it's 2022 now. Now, if we take 20 from that, it's 2050 more. You're, was your dad born like in the 1950s, the early 50s, the late, like right there? <laughs> I am terrible with those things. I love um, that you don't know. But, but, but I'm the just, one, yeah. the one thing that with my daughter, I will never forget her birthday now because every time I call to, you know, get some supplies or go get a prescription, I've got to give them her birthday. And so, yeah, I'm bad with birthdays and dates, but I think your math is pretty close. Yeah. 50, right. I'm, I'm guessing 52 ish diagnosed in 58. Is yeah. My, is my sounds, guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. Was it a point of discussion throughout your life? Was it never mentioned? How, how did that go? It was weird. It's very different. I think than it is now for me with being, you know, the parent, um, we really lived a normal life. It wasn't a big deal at all. Uh, I never thought about it too much. I remember it being really annoying as in junior high and high school that we had to eat dinner at the same time, like every day. Uh, my friends would be out playing and I'd have to come home for dinner. But other than that, he just kind of took care of it. And um, and that was that. Did he you would, not notice he would it being low? Th- oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Like, what parts of it did you see? Yeah, he would get low um, and just get kind of crazy and combative with my mom about it. And for whatever reason, he would listen to me uh, and, you know, have some orange juice. That was kind of his big thing. And uh, then he would kind of snap back out of it and and test himself. I think the lowest I remember him being when we were out camping once was like in the teens. And uh, he almost um, he almost kind of you know, fell asleep, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point he was starting to fade. You could see it in his eyes. And, um, but who handled yeah, that, other than that, that time camping, who handled that low? Uh, I think I eventually talked him into, you know, treating himself, mm-hmm. um, with something. And Can so, yeah, it was that, you know, he always had like some candy bars or something in his car, but, um, he just, he lived a, pretty normal life we had a boat went water skiing every weekend uh went camping a lot mm-hmm. he worked out in the woods all by himself um all the time and so uh totally different i really never thought about how you know potentially dangerous some of that stuff was with him i just, he just expected he would handle it yeah i have two questions so first I'd, I'd like you to talk about what it's like for a person who's bigger and stronger than you to decide they don't want to listen and be in that situation where you're trying to save them. How do you handle that? I would just try to reason with him. Um, and I think that was the difference with, with my mom. He would just, you know, there's probably more there um, for him to, to sort of hold on to and not want to listen to, her advice and for whatever reason it was pretty easy for me dan i figured uh, that out when you said he was out in the woods by himself (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and that was the funny thing too it it seems like when he was by himself uh he was much more aware of that stuff and then when we were all together he would be more likely to get low focus on other things maybe Mm -hmm. yeah dan um i'm not sure if you're moving things on the desk or moving around or not but if you are Stop. I will stop. Okay, thank you. Okay. <laughs> so you didn't really, you never had to overpower him. You, you, your voice no. for some reason 
shown through to him and he would listen to you eventually. Yes. So yep, then that's right. That brings me to my second question. Um, looking back now as an adult, how old are you now? Uh, 42. Oh. Uh, looking back on that time, do you think it had any impact on you having to be that person? Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's helped a little bit now that um, with with my daughter Eleanor, um, you know, with kind of knowing how we had the first time with her just a couple of days ago, where she was starting to get a little bit confused and. Um, it helped, I think, being able that I've, that I've seen that before and, mm-hmm. and know. And now with the CGM, it's so much easier. I know exactly where she's at. So. Right. Well, it's, it's um, yeah. interesting. I was wondering if you had any, like, resentment or anxiety or anything like that from it. But Oh, uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I like the way you talked about it much better. Um, the, the way it kind of prepared you for this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, any brothers and sisters for you? So yeah, I have one half brother, and um, he does he live in the woods? Yeah. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> he, um, my poor parents. When I was born, he was uh, he had a brain tumor, and so they had to remove um, the tumor from his brain, and oh ended up also removing most of his pituitary gland um, and damaged his optic nerves. So he's mostly blind. Uh, and he had to take growth hormone uh, for my whole life, you know, while he was growing mm-hmm. up. He's eight years older than me. But um, I never really thought about it until just now. I wonder if my dad's thing wasn't such a big deal. Well, because, uh, so half-brother you know, from your father? From my mother. From your mother. Prior yeah. marriage or after they were done with each other? or Prior marriage. Prior marriage. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, and Dan, uh, and this goes for all the people who come on the show. If I'm getting ready to make a joke about a family member who's had brain surgery and grew up partially blind, could you please stop me? Right, that's just <laughs> run me over next time, Dan. Go, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fair game. Right now. I, don't I mean, you know what I mean. I didn't know, and as soon as you started talking, I was like, oh god. <laughs> I'm like, because you, you said half brother. I figured your dad was out in the woods making a baby with Sasquatch, and that's where you know what I mean. Like, I had a whole, <laughs> I built a whole story in my head. Um, yeah, no. Okay. Well, well, okay. So he and and what about other autoimmune issues? Uh, nothing. Okay. Um, except for well, my dad's sister, my aunt, she was diagnosed with type one diabetes at about eighteen. <laughs> Dan, um, let me stop you. Go back and take back the nothing thing, and I'll ask the question again. Is there other auto? <laughs> is there other autoimmune in the family? So yes, my aunt also is a type one diabetic, um, <laughs> and she has um, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, pretty bad. That's two for two. Um, really yeah. impacts her. Yes. Yeah. yeah, she's still alive, but um, it's it's rough mm-hmm. on her. A lot of pain. How about celiac uh, thyroid stuff? Anything like that? No. Okay. I am fascinated. Not fascinated. It's interesting. How frequently I ask the question and people go, no. And then they list six autoimmune diseases. <laughs> yeah. It really well, is. Well, yeah, I didn't really even make the connection until I started talking about it. No, no. That's, yeah. why, that's why I brought it up. It, it's, it's um, you know, hey, did, you know, anybody in your family? No, no, no. Well, not at all. We have this. 
my aunt has celiac. Yep. My father's uh, hypothyroidism. My mom's got Hashimoto's. And uh, and you know, before you're done, you're like, those are all autoimmune diseases. And they go, oh, yep. well, it's crazy. I didn't. I didn't know. Um, it's, it's just, it's interesting. That's why, it's why I ask the question every time, because I'm trying, listen, Dan, I don't know if this is obvious or not. I'm trying to get people to ask these questions in their family privately so they can have better idea of what's going on with their health history. But I don't know if I'm being tricky enough to get it done or not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you put it out there. Well, you know, I mean, now I'm just saying it like, go ask your family (laughs) members for God's sakes and find out what's going on. You you know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe uncle Bill doesn't just fart a lot. Maybe he's got something going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, your aunt has type one, your brother had, your father had type one. Did they have any other brothers or sisters? Uh, there, yeah, there were, um, two others in my dad's family that, um, didn't have any autoimmune Mm -hmm. issues that I know. of. Okay. And now, and you haven't had any, no. No. How about your wife's side of the family? Uh, hers is hard. You know how diabetes thing is. Um, they all say that her grandfather or someone had type 1 diabetes, but a lot of them have type 2 diabetes. Um, and so she doesn't she doesn't really know mm-hmm. if, if that's a, a real thing or not. Again, fascinating that people don't know stuff like that about their own history. Yeah. Yeah, because they're they're very different. Although, I mean, I'm not even talking about like your aunt or your uncle, like somebody you see at Christmas and New Year's or something like that. I'm talking about people you've like that are in your life. You're like, you you know, grandma, did she have diabetes? I don't know. You don't know. Yeah, (laughs) I know. She's she's around for the first ten years of your life. She wouldn't leave you alone. Remember? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it's it's um it it goes to show, and your story about your father goes to show how people find a way to exist with these things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and that's really, that's kind of terrific. So did you think, I mean, your dad was six when he's diagnosed. How old were you, uh, your aunt roughly? Do you have any idea? How old was she when she was diagnosed? Yeah. Uh, she was 18. Okay. So by the 18, so by the time you're in your thirties, you think you're free and clear or is it something you've never thought of or something you always worried about? I was pretty sure I was free and clear. Um, and then when my wife and I talked about um, having our first kid, it was a conversation that we had uh, and talked to some different people about it. And then after we had um, my my older daughter is 12. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had her and I remember taking her to the doctor and talking to the doctor about it when she was just an infant. And uh, he was really kind of on the ball about stuff. Uh, he, he said that diabetes now, they don't know if it's all genetic um, or partly genetic, or he said there's some environmental factors involved and they're just trying to figure it out. And so the optimist in me heard it was all just environmental factors <laughs> with <laughs> my dad and my aunt. And so we're good. We, we won't, yeah. you know, doctor over here. He doesn't seem like he knows what he's talking about. I'm just going to pick and choose from what he said. And, and we're going <laughs> to yeah. move forward and make I, my own thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm also imagining the conversation you and your wife had was had like, you know, 
in bed <laughs> while, you're, while you're like, think we should do this? And you were like, yeah, you would just say yes to anything, right? Like, it's possible the kid's going to have diabetes. You're like, I don't care. Uh, yes. So, yeah, we talked about it. You think the kid will have diabetes? Yeah. Probably not. Let's go. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much how it happens. Yeah, Dan, we've all had that conversation about a condom at one point or another. It's right there. Should we just get it? Yeah. Nah, it's going to yeah. be all right. Yeah. Um, yeah so, exactly. But, but I, I take, I mean, listen, it, at least you thought about it and 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 talked about it out loud. When you thought when you talked about it, did you ever give over to the idea that it could happen and have that conversation, or did you do the I'm now making air quotes with my fingers, like the talk about it where you decided it was going to be okay? We uh, we didn't decide that it was going to be okay. It mm-hmm. was a uh, we knew there was a risk involved, um, and we were just going to see what happens. Yeah, right. I mean, listen, it's a valid, it's a valid way to go. You know what I mean? There's no right or wrong answer for certain. I'm just interested in how it happens, you know, because um, people say stuff like that all the time. We talked about it, but then they never tell me what they talked about. So I have to pick. It's my job, Dan. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So now you're, so your second child is the one with type one and she makes it to five before she's diagnosed. But did you see anything prior to that? No, no. I really thought, I thought we were free and clear. Um, so my dad passed away when she was not even one yet. Um, so for the next four odd years, there was no diabetes, uh, going on. And I just, I did, I really didn't think about it after, you know, kind of got over the morning part with my, my dad. Um, and she was, she was good. She's super, I know all parents are biased, but she's like a super smart kid. She's, doing well and everything in life and we we're doing good, you know, yeah. and then the whole uh, pandemic thing kind of started and uh, we went through that and did anybody in the family really, get COVID? Um, our whole family got it. So we were all vaccinated and my wife and I had our boosters and we had a trip coming up to go to Disneyland actually that I was just thinking about touching all the stuff. <laughs> all the kids and stuff at Disneyland. And about a month before our trip, uh, Eleanor was just kind of being whiny mm-hmm. uh, and had a little bit of a runny nose and almost out of spite. I'm like, we'll, we'll test you for COVID. And <laughs> it was positive. So we all went down and got the test done. And um, both the kids were positive. My wife was never positive, And I was just, walking around Walgreens with no mask on feeling great and got the email that I was positive too. So it's like, Oh, I should probably go home, I guess. Did you, do you think you got it uh, from Mickey mouse or you got it somewhere else? Well, so that was before, before. Disneyland. we were actually glad that we got it. <laughs> we didn't have to worry so much at Disneyland. Um, so I don't know where we got it, you know, school probably yeah. kids picking stuff up all that learning, messing everything up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, especially at the, kindergarten age you know you think it's possible it's okay to skip that maybe you could count to 10 at home not the <laughs> now kindergarten teachers like i do more than that. i know you do i'm just i'm just it's fine I, i'm just saying I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah yeah if you're gonna skip a, a grade i mean i would think one of the easier ones to manage personally might be the lower grades i guess what i'm getting at if i'm if yeah I'm there might serious. be easier to catch up from that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you yeah. might be able to handle it on your own. I also love when people say their kids are smart and I'm like, I don't know how smart you are. This is all perspective. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. People are like, my kid's brilliant. I'm like, mm, smarter than you, maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, she scored, so she's she, in the 99th percentile. You had her tested? All the things. Uh, no, they do the standardized, standardized tests here. Oh, okay. Um, I was teasing. So you we actually did. All right. <laughs> I said no, but but we did. Um <laughs> So, and how many times are you going to lie to me in the first 20 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> to get into the school that she's in, we had to uh, do an IQ test. So she goes to this school that's an old charter school that's looped in through public funding. Um, now that, And they can still use their old requirements. So they can be selective about who they let in. Um, and... So we did. We did have her IQ tested. And that so, was also high. So you could throw her <laughs> over that wall, the wall of that walled garden, Dan, get her back there with the other smarties. Yeah. I, listen, yeah, Dan, exactly. don't get too excited. <laughs> I was one of those kids when I was little. And I make a podcast now. So you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't get too <laughs> no, excited. I don't think the money's just going to start falling over the walls. <laughs> no, no, I know. I, I well, that, She's that, already disappointed me several times with telling me what she wants to do when she grows up. <laughs> now we're getting to it. Dan's willing to say he's been disappointed by his five-year-old, uh, six-year-old. Now, excuse <laughs> me. What, what, is, what does she want to do? Oh, man, I don't remember. It's been all over the place. She, well, she wants to do what I do uh, and what my wife does, which I guess are, are both good. My wife's a veterinarian, and um, you'll get a kick out of my job. I know you get a kick out of people's weird niche jobs. Uh, I own a company that installs fish tanks and does fish tank maintenance all over the area. You And you own so, the company? I own the company. When's yeah. the last time you had your arm elbow deep in a fish tank? For a person using insulin, the benefits of a Dexcom CGM cannot be overstated. The Dexcom allows you to see the speed direction, and number of your blood sugar. For example, my daughter, who is 700 miles away in college, her blood sugar is currently 163 after a meal and steady. I'm going to tell you all about that in a second, but please remember that you can get a Dexcom right now at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. I have that information because I am one of the people who follows her Dexcom CGM. The Dexcom CGM allows for up to 10 followers of your choosing. That means that I can see everything that Arden's blood sugar is doing, no matter where she is. You might be thinking, oh, you have to look at your phone constantly. But you don't, because you can set up alarms to let you know when thresholds are met. I, on my phone, have Arden's low alarm set at 70 and her high alarm set at 120. On Arden's phone, her low alarm is 80 and her high alarm is 130. So we get alarms that make us go, hmm, I wonder what this is about. Do we always do something about it? We don't. Right now, for instance, I can see what Arden's been doing. I spoke to her recently. I know what she had for lunch. She made a great bolus. This is going to come back down. But if it doesn't, we'll see that on the CGM. If it starts to head back up, we'll see that on the Dexcom. And then she can make adjustments to her insulin using this great information. Find out more right now and get started today at Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox. That special link is for you, the Juicebox podcast listeners. And guess what? You may be eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6. You'll find out at my link. Head over there now. Maybe there are some questions you have about Dexcom that I didn't answer in this ad, but all the information you need is right at the link. See customizable alerts and alarms, 
zero finger sticks, and glucose readings right on your smart device. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Links in your show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. My daughter Arden began wearing the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump on February 4th, 2009. That was 5,093 days ago. Or another way to think of it, 1,697 pods ago. At that time, she was four years old. Hang out with me for a moment while I tell you more about the Omnipod. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Today, Arden is 18 and still wearing Omnipod. Back then, there was one choice, just one pod. But today, you have a decision to make. Do you want the Omnipod 5? the first and only tubeless automated insulin delivery system to integrate with the Dexcom G6? Because if you do, it's available right now for people with type 1 diabetes ages 2 years and older. The Omnipod 5 is an algorithm-based pump that features smart adjust technology. That means that the Omnipod 5 is adjusting insulin delivery based on your customized target glucose. That's helping you to protect against high and low blood sugars, both day and night, automatically. Both the Omnipod 5 and the Omnipod Dash are waterproof. You can wear them while you're playing sports, swimming, in the shower, the bathtub, anywhere really. That kind of freedom coupled with tubeless, a tubeless pump. You understand it's not connected to anything. The controller is not connected to the pod. The pod is not connected to anything. You're wearing it on the body tubelessly. No tubing to get caught on doorknobs or anywhere else that tubing with those other insulin pumps can get caught. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. That's where you go to find out more. You may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. You should check that out too when you get to my link. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. So if you're looking for an insulin pump that is tubeless, waterproof, and automated, you're looking for the Omnipod 5. If you want to do it on your own and you're not looking for the automation, Omnipod Dash. For full safety, risk information, and free trial terms and conditions, please also visit Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Yesterday. Oh, okay. Well... I'd like to get you to a place where the other people are taking care of the work, but I, but that, that sounds good. That sounds well um, lucrative actually. I, I have, I have three people that work for me and they go do um, most of the work, especially since the COVID stuff, my job was flexible and I was able to stay home mm-hmm. with the kids more than uh, my wife. And so I sort of transitioned to working more from home, but all of the, all of our fish tanks that we, that we, when I order fish, they come from all over the world. A lot of the saltwater fish are caught in the wild. And so I have to put them in fish tanks first to make sure they're not carrying parasites and that they'll eat fish food and all of that stuff. And Mm -hmm. so those are all in a room in my garage. And so that's where I had my hand in a fish tank yesterday. Uh, I see. I have not, I used to have tanks because my dad had them and I have not had one since my little brother poured i used to have a i had a probably like a 55 gallon saltwater tank it wasn't huge but it was great mm-hmm. it ran really well um it had live coral in it and all it was really great and one day nice, my, yeah. my my little brother put um uh, uh 
when you want to smell nice, Dan, what do you spot? Cologne. He put cologne in it to see what would happen. Do you want to guess what happened? Oh, yeah, that probably wasn't good. Yeah, it killed everything pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, we I, had. Good. Oh, we had a, um, we do a lot of assisted living places. And one of my clients called a while back and said that one of the old guys there uh, dumped his milkshake in the fish tank because he thought the fish would like it. And uh, she wanted to know what would happen. So I said, I'm not sure. <laughs> Here's first. what's going to happen. I'm going to be over and send you a bill. Don't you worry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get it all straight now. I just never had the. I did not have the fortitude to do it again. It was it was a lot of work and and ex- yeah. and expense. I was young, you know, and I just. But my son asks me about it pretty frequently. How come we don't have a fish yeah. tank? And he's never had one, and he asks about it. It's really really kind of interesting. So yeah. Um. All right. Well, that's that's. How did you get into that? By the way. Uh, in college, I switched around a couple times. What I was going to major in, and I ended up majoring in fisheries biology mm-hmm. um and was gonna do like uh research you know streams and fish and were stuff you, like that were you mad at your parents when you chose that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was originally gonna do uh physical therapy and then yeah, i'm yeah, trying I'm to picture to... i'm trying to picture 15 years from now little eleanor comes up to you and says she wants to get into fishery sciences and you go and oh whoa, whoa, wait a minute no 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, well, who's gonna pay the bills um yeah you know, my very, I don't, I've never said this before. My very first job was in a pet store. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was 13 and the local guy had a pet store and we were always in there buying fish and stuff like that. And one day I think he saw us as a, a nice, uh, <laughs> a nice revenue stream. And he thought, why don't I just, basically I was free labor for fish. I basically worked for fish now that I think, now that I think back on it, <laughs> yeah. you know. And you'd go in and yep. clean tanks and run the register and stuff like that. And uh, I know people are like, 13-year-olds can't have jobs. But it was the 80s. We could do whatever we wanted. So, you yeah. know, I'd go in there and work. And um, and then he'd pay me at the end of the week. And at the end of the week, I'd basically end up paying him all my money back for whatever I bought during the week. It was brilliant. He actually was a mad genius, wasn't he? Um, yeah. But yeah, that I was a great a job. similar job in college. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple things I wouldn't do. I if you bought a snake while I was working by myself, you got the snake out yourself. Oh, it was self service. Uh-huh. I was like, "That's fine. Go ahead and get it. <laughs> I'm not doing this." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not a snake person. No, 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 not in any way, shape, or form. Dan, it's not happening for me. <laughs> okay, so uh, Eleanor uh, shows signs, symptoms, and you think, "What's your first look at diabetes?" Yeah, so her kind of diagnosis story uh she went to oregon when kids turn five i don't know if you are aware of this they can fly by themselves on the airplane and so she wanted to go uh on a on a trip so the first she went with just my mom my mom took her to uh oregon to see some family and uh i went to the airport to pick them up when they got back and my mom was just saying that she was just thirsty the whole time just going through bottles and bottles of water and it just kind of had that feeling when she said that i just sort of knew well did your mom not know from your dad well that's why she was telling me okay. is she was kind of thinking it too um but it was like the first thing she said to me when i picked them up i was like hi thanks 
Um, How was your trip? Then, I think the kid has the diabetes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Still in the still and, in the tar- in the runway. A uh, little little thing coming off the plane, you know. Right. right. Yeah. So the the following day, she was flying um, by herself with her sister. Uh, so let's see. They were five. They were. She had just had her fifth birthday, and Kinley was probably ten. Um, Dan, you're coming sister. off like a real hippie here with this flying alone thing. Go ahead, keep talking. I'm interested. Yeah, so so we sent them the next day on the plane. You know, in hindsight, I would not have done that, um, but they flew to see some family in Las Vegas, and we asked uh, my mother-in-law, you know, about halfway through that trip, if if it was still going on and she said, yeah, she's definitely been drinking a lot of water and, and peeing a lot, but mm-hmm. we were still in denial. We were thinking it's hot in Las Vegas and she's five. Yeah. So it's just a habit. Uh, but my mother-in-law has type two diabetes and had a um, glucometer. So we said, well, can you just test her, you know, finger poker while we're on the phone and, she couldn't figure it out. She doesn't, she has never used her glucometer, I guess. So she's poking. We can hear her screaming in the background. And yeah, your mom or the finally, kid? <laughs> the, the kid is okay. screaming. Okay. And uh, yeah, my mother-in-law, I think she was putting the blood on the, on the like stick, you know, the uh, test strip what's it called test strip yeah, yeah. and then putting, and then putting the test strip in the glucometer. Um, oh, wasn't working that did, it, yeah no it has to go in first i've never said yes. that out loud before i just thought people knew I, but <laughs> yeah so we just said all right you know we'll just figure it out when we get back uh and then uh her uncle kept telling us just how much she was eating and weird foods uh <laughs> she ate like a whole jar of pickled okra and like five <laughs> hamburgers and so it was getting to be where you know we really, she was feral knew. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it was a busy little time that we had planned. She came back and two days after that, we had rented this RV. We were going to go, um, RV camping. And so we called the pediatrician and told him what was going on, that we'd like to get her in there. And the, the receptionist, she's like, so she's just eating a lot and drinking a lot of water. Said, yeah, and she's like, okay, well, I think you're fine. You know, I'll have our triage nurse call you. And so I, I said, you know, we're going to kind of a remote area. I'd really like to get her in. I'm, I'm going to pay you for this. Right. You know, but we had to fight to get her in Just there. To get her there, you had to fight through the reception uh, people. Yep. Not no yep. medical people whatsoever at that point. Right. Yeah. I, and yeah. Dan, I joked about this a minute ago, but I need to ask: Are you a hippie? <laughs> no, I mean, no, I'm not a hippie. Upper Midwest, I, if anything, or, or, or upper right, like Northwest. Uh, that's where I grew up. But my dad was in the timber industry there, so I couldn't be a hippie um, because he was, you were cutting you know, all the trees, destroying the forests. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but I'll tell you, I have to tell you, like no judgment. The putting kids on a plane thing is a leap for me. I don't think I could make. So I really? just, I just assumed you were a little high when you did it. That's all, but it's cool. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's uh, the first couple of times it was I was nervous, but uh, yeah, that's. I mean, it's it's cool. Like thinking about it now, I'm like, take them to the airport. You watch them go down the 
you know, the little loader thing. They go into the plane. There's people there. You got to think they're relatively safe. And then, you know, they get off, walk off, and there's a family member. It it's actually makes a ton of sense. I just don't think I could do it. And I don't know why yeah. as I'm thinking about it. It's interesting. Yeah, you have to let go a little bit. It's, it you is. think I'm uptight, maybe? Yeah. No, I'm but, saying a person in oh, okay. general has to be able to, you know, it's, it's like, you know, it's like when you have a baby and you leave them go on your first date or whatever. I thought you were going to say it's a mall by themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes you leave a kid in a straw bridge and clothier or something like that for a couple minutes while you go get a pretzel, you know? Yeah. As long as they're sleeping. They're fine. I mean, in a pile of soft laundry or something that they, they, they're really, <laughs> it's hard for them to hurt themselves. Straw bridge and clothier. What was that? Straw bridges. Did you have a clover near you when you were growing up? It was like an offshoot of straw bridges. Is that a, is that a Philly thing? No. <laughs> no, I uh, don't know. Sorry for anybody who doesn't know what that is. Uh, big, uh, big store. There you go. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So we got her in and then off to the emergency room from there. And of course, you know, even growing up with my dad, I still didn't really know how diabetes worked. So we're like, well, let's go through the Wendy's drive-thru and grab some lunch on the way to the ER. She'll probably never get French fries again in her life. Mm. And uh, so we did that. And Well, the, your, uh, your expectation of diabetes, I'd have to imagine, was somewhere near, we're going to have to buy orange juice. And it must not be that bad because I never saw my dad do anything with it, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, it, it was still you know, pretty mind-blowing learning about it. Uh, so my dad, he did have some things. Um, he, in his forties had a, a lower leg amputation, which, um, definitely changed the way he did life. Um, and then he had a heart attack when he was older and, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know, expect, so, I didn't expect that he died in his early sixties because he fell out of a window. I figured if you're diagnosed with diabetes in the fifties and you know, you're basically, because what you described Dan, I mean, listen, people come on all the time. They tell their stories, which I think is really, it's amazing, but you described basically a time and a place where people didn't really understand diabetes too well. And in all honesty, if your dad wasn't falling over, he was winning and that was it. Yeah. 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 When I, I, I remember, um, when I was young, he was still doing the, it was like a test strip that you pee on. And then you compare the color to uh, the thing on the little mm-hmm. jar of test strips. And then that's how you figure out how much insulin you need. And Yeah. And now you, I mean, what do you have any technology with your daughter? Yeah. She has a Dexcom and then she's on the uh, T-Slim with the control IQ. Okay. So a completely different world. And now, so different. Yeah. So when you look at your daughter's care and you juxtapose your memories of your dad, you realize, I mean, it's, I guess, obvious, right? Yeah, that's a big thing for me after, you know, seeing that uh, it definitely took, you know, years off of his life and, and some other stuff that, you know, if you can control it as much as possible, mm-hmm. um, you know, hopefully pre- prevent a lot of those. Yeah side effects all right i'm gonna test you real quick dan would you live feed a lionfish a goldfish oh, oh. <laughs> um no, no not usually unless they're not eating flakes are okay for them still uh i would do like frozen 
prawns, frozen fish, things like or that, frozen shrimp mm-hmm. that are thawed out. Yeah, squid, stuff like that. Uh huh. Interesting. Okay, I was just checking. I'm testing you, Dan. I was just testing you <laughs> from the little yeah. bit that I remembered from working in a pet shop. Uh, let me think. 23, 33, 43, uh, 37 years ago. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, uh, well, usually you can only get like live goldfish and that's not very good for them. It'll mm. cause a lot of fat buildup in their organs. And really look at you. Mm-hmm. No one's stuff about your job. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, your wife, is she like a buttoned up veterinarian or is she one of those hair going in 16 directions? I love the animals veterinarians. Uh, she's kind of in between. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, she's just dogs and cats, uh, that she does. And she is, a uh, works for someone that owns the practice. There's two of them there. And, you know, I think especially when she was younger, she loved the dogs and cats, but yeah. <laughs> working with all the dog and cat owners might've changed that slightly. <laughs> I have a question. When you realize that your girlfriend um, is one day going to have to put her finger in a dog's butt regularly, do you think she's a, <laughs> you go like, she's a player, right? Like this girl, this girl will be okay. Well, that's, that's for the vet techs. Oh. So when I met her, she was already doing that. <laughs> <laughs> How was your day? I had my finger in six dogs' butts. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I was just expressing a gland. Great. <laughs> Gosh. She had her arm. So at, at her school. Um, they had this cow that had a spot where you could stick your whole arm in Dan, it. Stop, and stop, it was like, stop, stop. <laughs> you might have found no. my line. Hold on. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was like a sealed off area in the cow that the vets could stick their arm in. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Go slow. I got to get my breath back. I actually thought, oh my God, here we are. 800 episodes into it. I, I, we figured out what I don't want to talk about, <laughs> but so not, not in the cow's orifice. Right. Okay. The cow was surgically opened. Yes. So that med, so that students could, oh my God, that's fascinating. Yeah. Wow. That cow has done a real service for other cows. I know. Right? You think it has a plaque somewhere in the school? It should. It should. Think? It should have a, a statue. Yeah. Okay. No a monument. I'm, I'm being serious. That's, that's like I know it's a. I know the cow doesn't. I mean, I know. I'm guessing it thought, well, this isn't good. But I'm, I'm saying that contextually, I don't believe it knew it was helping other cows. But that's no. really um, it's kind of lovely actually. Wow, that's that's really something else. Thank God you didn't say what I thought you were going to say. I just was like, <laughs> I was in a panic. I started feeling like a eh, little eh, eh, when you started. I was like, uh oh, don't please don't tell me about this. Uh, um. <laughs> Uh, nice living. We're happy we married her. All that stuff. <laughs> she getting the bills yeah. paid, Dan. <laughs> it's you know what she she is the the pandemic. They have never been busier. Mm. Um, you know, so many people have pay attention. Yeah, they probably dogs and cats. Oh, people buying more animals. Yes. Oh, I thought they, maybe they had yeah. time to pay attention, but that was just me being kind to people. I guess. Well, it's yeah. And now it's the opposite. Um, people are going back to work. So there's a lot of animals that are having separation anxiety, you know, dogs that are used to their owners being home all day. And now they're peeing on everything. Now, yeah, yeah now they're not, they're not <laughs> telling your wife yeah. about it. She's like, Listen, yeah, exactly. What's leave, wrong with my dog? Leave me alone. My kid's got diabetes. I'm done. I'm out. I check, <laughs> I check out. Um, how does your daughter handle type one? Is it, um, 
is it smooth for her? Is it choppy? I, I see people online a lot who talk about it, it's, it's, you know, it's nice that they share like some of the problems their kids have. Um, but people don't talk about it when they come on here. It's the one thing about the podcast that I still wish went slightly different than it does is that a lot of empowered people come on. So their stories are generally like, we got this, but I mean, yeah. how is that for her? Um, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, so when, when she was first diagnosed at five, she really didn't understand what a chronic thing was. Um, and so I remember having some really, really hard conversations with her when she'd she'd say, you know, I I think I'm better. When am I going to be better? You know, I, I feel fine. And she told me one time we were driving around that she's like, I know I, all that water and stuff like that, but I think I was just thirsty. You know, I don't think I have diabetes. And mm. um, so I think that part was harder for me, but it, you know, you just kind of see in their eyes, they're trying to understand what you're telling them. Hey Dan, she's not my daughter and it was hard for me to hear. So yeah. 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 Um, and then, then it just became part of life. So about, I think maybe a couple of weeks to a month into it, we got the CGM and, uh, you know, that changed things a little bit because, uh, you know, the way that we, we would treat her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every time things changed for her, she gets, it gets hard again for a little while. She didn't really want to stab this thing into her arm and then, you know, get used to getting her clothes off and on with that on has yeah. been rough. She's really good at it now. Um, but you know, ripped a couple off and that hurts and the, all the adhesive and, and stuff like that. Uh, she's had to get used to just like we have. And so, uh, and then the shots we were doing, um, you know, injections, multiple injections Mm -hmm. for the first six months, we tried to get a pump, but got denied by our insurance and had to go through the whole appeal process. Uh, so we figured out, we found those eye ports and that worked really well right. with the CGM. Cause we were able to give her a little bit of insulin for a snack if she wanted it, or, you know, if we just messed up the bolus and had to you know make a correction or something like that, we could do it without actually having to stab a needle into her. Yeah. Hey, free um, plug. Eye port from Medtronic diabetes. It's this. Oh thing, right? yeah. Sorry. It's, no, no, no. I, I, they're not, they're a sponsor for something else, but not for this, but we don't talk about iPort enough. Right. So this little port that your daughter wore and then the needle, the actual syringe went into the port. So you weren't technically like you weren't stabbing her over and over again. So you're saying if she yep. wanted to have a couple of carbs, you could pop a half a unit in there or something like that without actually having to stick her. Yeah. It was life changing yeah. when we tried it and nobody told us about it. Um, we might've, seen someone mentioned on the, on the uh, Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, but like the medical staff, they're like, yeah, sure. You know, if you want to try it, we'll can write you a prescription, but not really into it at all. Was, um, Nobody but helped. But was, you, you liked it and it, and it was valuable. It was amazing. Yeah. Good. Um, and so that got us by until we got the pump and then, uh, then the pump's a, a whole nother thing, you know, that she took some getting used to and didn't really want it at first. And, um, uh, but now we've, we've adapted and most days, uh, are fine. Um, we've had to 
I think she just got out of the honeymoon period. So I've like been doubling her basal insulin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like it takes so much now. I'm still struggling with it. I'm almost there. But, hard, uh, hard to get over the number change, right? Yeah. It's, you know, it's kind of scary. Um, and I don't know why, because every time I do it, it ends up just making it better. Mm-hmm. But it's still a little, it's just intimidating to to add that much more. You know, she when she got the pump, she was only barely using like 10 units a day. Um, and it's just probably in the 30s now. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, I get it. Like, I get it. MDI. Like, if you are using three units a day uh, basal and you're, you know, multiple daily injections, and then suddenly it's six, you think, well, wow, I'm going to put in double the, the insulin. I can't get it out again. But I mean, when it's yeah. a pump, but when it's a pump, you change the setting up. If you start seeing it go the wrong way, you just, you know, have a snack and put it back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I still, I, I still it's... get the angst. I mean, get it by get it. I mean, I see it happen to a lot of people, you know? Yeah. And then there's something yeah. about the numbers that freak them out. Like, you know, yeah, I think with repetition, it'll, you know, it becomes easier, get a little easier. Right. Right. But so, yeah. And then there's still the stuff, uh, couple days ago we were we switched the kids rooms um and we're kind of letting them decorate and stuff and eleanor she was super excited and just kind of bouncing off the walls and she hit the bathroom hinge and ripped her dexcom off and um it just took the wind out of her sails you know and so uh how did was, uh, how did you handle that do you do you come in with the the big enthusiasm don't worry about it we'll fix it it's no problem or do you let her feel bad about it? Or how did you handle that? Uh, I tell her we'll fix it and it's okay. And, you know, that I, I let her talk about it and say I understand. Um, but, you know, she, she'll she hit me with like the sometimes I hate my life sort of thing. And it's it's hard to, to you know. It's kids IQ is too high, Dan. You understand? <laughs> so, having too many so this time. Thoughts. Let's, let's get you a nice kid with an 80 IQ just goes, everything's fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. This kid's, this kid's thinking around the deeper corners. We don't, we don't yeah. <laughs> make it everything difficult for you. Um, but, well, so we had just gotten a new, a new transmitter for this one. And so um, this time I, I let her, I was like, do you want to put a Dexcom on me first, you know, before we do your, so right. I am wearing one for the first time, which has been interesting, but that helped a lot. She thought that was pretty fun. Okay. Hey, interesting, Dan, like you think you have diabetes or interesting to see how a functioning pancreas works? Interesting to see how a, a functioning pancreas works. And, um, and also kind of, kind of sad, you know, it's so easy for me. I can pretty much do whatever I want. And yeah. You eat something things, and nothing uh, happens, right? It just, it, yeah. yeah, nothing. Well, I'll tell you that I think, I've worn a CGM a couple of times and just seeing the ebbs and flows and how different foods impact, I found it really valuable. It changed my perspective a little bit too about meal times. You know, I, uh, I, there would have been a time in my life where I just thought that any rise in blood sugar was a a mistake. And now I, yeah, I mean, talk about all the time, but I, you know, I think of like after a meal, I don't want it to go up. If it doesn't, it's great. If you don't get any kind of a rise and you don't get a low later, me right on that's perfect but if you go 130 140 and it comes back in 30 minutes i don't i don't think about that the same way as i did years and years ago um yeah you know yeah it's interesting to see that and with me um 
sometimes it, there's not even any meal correlation. <laughs> I'll just see my blood sugar go up to whatever, 120, mm-hmm. and then go back down. And I'm like, what's that was weird. Stress, anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. And and the the lows too. Um, you know, I'm I'll get down to the the upper sixties. And you feel fine? Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't know if I wasn't didn't have this on. Right. Yeah. Somebody came on years ago, a long time type one. It's the first time I heard somebody say that every person experiences blood sugars in the sixties, like once or twice a day, or, and sometimes for extended times, people with that, obviously if you have active insulin working man-made insulin, it's a different concern, but it was, that was another thing that I heard that was valuable for me. You mean like my blood sugar gets down to 65 sometimes and you know, no one runs around and goes crazy. Um, yeah. It helped me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You don't freak out quite as much when, yeah, I mean, if my blood sugar is sixty-five, I don't. I'm, I'm also not like riding around with four, you know, four units of uh, of Novolog in my arm or something like that at the right. same time. But yeah, it's, it's not an apples to apples comparison, but it, it is enough to give you a different perspective. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what my wife and I do with that, um, you know, if, if Eleanor's starting to get down into the say lower seventies. We just like to give it one more reading. We'll usually say, you know, we'll text each other. One of us is working, you know, say, what do you think? And kind of look at the line. But but we like to just kind of give it one more to see what happens before mm-hmm. we make any decisions. Before you turn a 73 into a uh, 120 for no reason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, that's the um, one of the the great aspects of uh, of the Dexcom. It's just, yeah. you know, it allows you not to panic about things. Once you see yeah. it, once you can, like, see the big picture, it's uh, it's excellent. I mean, just it, it really life-changing. It's made me think a lot about my dad um, because he never – he had a pump, I think, the last couple of years, uh, but he didn't like it, and he never had a um, CGM. And so who knows? You know, he used to eat these big bowls of honey bunches of oats, his favorite cereal and i see what eleanor eats something like that and you know probably by the time he went and tested himself again he was fine but in between who knows what was going on well i'm gonna guess danny wasn't fine because he had a lot of a lot of issues yeah so i'm gonna guess that his blood sugar was high most of the time and if he lost a leg and had heart damage i mean we'll never know i guess but he probably had a1c's in the 10s and 11s it would it would it would make it would make I would good. imagine yeah especially you know as a um kid you know in the yeah 20s late teens and 20s was he um how do you remember him his disposition uh always he was always very positive um until until the leg amputation and then it it really kind of slowed him down yeah. with a lot of the stuff that he he liked to do and uh, you know, I, he was sensitive to people seeing it at first, and then it, it just hurt. His leg would hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. So he had neuropathy as well, I'd imagine. No. No? Uh-uh. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the heart disease eventually. Yeah. yeah. yeah so he, he had a heart attack. We were out out camping, actually, and my sister-in-law was with us. She's an ICU nurse. My dad was explaining what's going on. 
and she's she's like it sounds like you're having a heart attack he's like no i'm fine he went to bed and then we end up taking my wife to the er because she had a uh, reaction to some antibiotics she was on never took my dad to the doctor when he was the one that whose you know life was in danger you have an incredible sense of humor at, well, one, at one point, you said something like, my dad's leg was amputated, and it stopped him from, and you paused, and I thought in my mind, the voice in my head went, playing soccer. And because <laughs> I didn't know where you were going to go, because you've, you've had such a, like, you're quietly very funny, and you have a, and you have a, um, a great sense, a, a dark sense of humor, and I didn't know where you were going. Like, I didn't know if you were going to be serious or, like, tell me what really happened to him, and uh it just you just laughed. You're like my dad was having a heart attack, and we took my wife to the hospital. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of funny, you know, in hindsight. But uh, but yeah, no, it didn't end up being a it didn't work out great for quint- him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he had a quintuple bypass after that. And wow, how um, long did he live yeah. after the bypass? I'm gonna say about six or seven years. I was hoping it was a while so that your story seemed like it was okay for it to be funny. I was very worried you were gonna be like four months, Scott. It was four months after the, um, but no. yeah, because then I really would, uh, it would be hard to laugh about you not taking him to the hospital. But older people, yeah. older people are like that too. It's like it'll be all right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He was, he thought he was just fine, and uh, the doctor said he had had multiple heart attacks, probably with the. The tests that they did and, wow um and then yeah he had a lot of circuitory circulatory problems and mm-hmm. you know that was probably from having a lot of high blood sugar i would imagine his life so um, is that a driving force for you now with your daughter the, the memory of your dad yeah 100 percent. i um i think i listened to um a podcast where you mentioned you had a friend you know that mike yeah, that had kind of poor management and it was a motivating factor for you. It, it, it helps um, me. It helps me um, with the podcast for sure. Um, and, and I do think about them in, in certain ways in relationship to my daughter, but I, uh, uh, Mike's memory is uh, stronger for me when I imagine the people listening to the podcast. Yeah. You know, because you, you described, I mean, listen, your dad was, it was in the fifties. Like, you know, he was a kid, like I get it, you know, but I mean, an amputation, you know, a quadruple bypass, you know, circulatory issues. Those, those are problems from high blood sugars, like prolonged high or fluctuating, blood. you know, most, I bet he wasn't fluctuating that much. And, um, he was probably just high all the time. And, uh, and, and you also described a mother-in-law who didn't know how to use her own glucometer, a type two. And, yeah, and that's why I I think you know keep having these conversations, you know, so that you know what happened to Mike and and your dad and you know everybody else can can hopefully benefit someone, uh, be be a more positive influence in life. Like if you hear this story and think like, oh, it's sad, diabetes, it's gonna get me, you're missing my point, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, to answer your question better about. My dad, I, I think that it taught me, I, I saw him low many times growing up and, um, it was always fixable and, uh, you know, of course it's dangerous and, and scary and not to be taken lightly, but never caused any real problems 
once we've resolved it, that. Um, but it was the high blood sugars that ended up, you know, really uh, ending his life. And, and they were the thing that you didn't really pay attention. He didn't really pay attention to as much. You no, know, he, well, only I mean, that it made him feel could. uncomfortable. Say, Dan, let me re- amend what I said. Just because the tools didn't exist. Not that your dad was like, ah, screw it. Like he was living the life that was, was available to him. Yeah, he was. And, and he just wasn't, it wasn't his thing. He didn't really know about carbs much, or, or I don't think he, you know, really knew how things worked. He just did what the doctors told him. Did the doctors tell him to eat honey bunches of oats? Cause I'm pretty certain none of us should be eating honey bunches of oats. <laughs> I don't think they told him that that was the, <laughs> the best food. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. Um, are we uh, are we covering everything the way you were hoping, or is there is there something I'm not getting to? Um. No, I think uh, I think we we covered it all. We're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not kicking you off. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing anything. That's all. Because, oh, you no. know, like there's no, stuff, yeah. stuff that you've thought of since you, I mean, I'm assuming you signed up for this like six months ago. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm like, I'm going to email Scott, see. So then, you know, I've been nervous about it for the last six months. Are, have you really? <laughs> no, no, not really. It comes oh, okay. up real as well. Today, this morning, I wasn't like, oh, no, I've got to do it. But, Are you nervous now? No, I'm fine now. Okay, yeah. Good. But this morning, yeah. like, I wonder how often that happens because, you know, I mentioned on here sometimes, but I part of my screening process is that there's no screening process. So you have to want to be here when I sit down to record to you with you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you get, I think, two emails that remind you yep. and it's a six month wait. I mean, imagine like in June that you'd be like, I'm going to be on a podcast. And then in December, you get an email like four days you know, before or whatever. And it's like, Hey, don't forget you're going to be on that podcast. I don't call <laughs> you and be like, Hey, don't mess this up. I'm like, there's the link. Y- you'll be there if you want to be. And, um, everybody shows up like it, I'd say twice a year, there's no one there. And they usually just need to reschedule. Um, people don't bail on me, but yeah, be- because of that, I get, I get well thought out and, um, people who, who have a real desire to tell a story, you know? Yeah, that's, that's really good that um, I would assume that more people bail on you. Uh, but no, when that starts happening, that, Dan, I'll get panicky. Don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it's it's kind of part of the community that, uh, like, when Eleanor was diagnosed, there was man all the vaccine stuff going on where everybody you know hated each other based on your opinion of that, and mm-hmm. all the political stuff going on and the one good thing that I kind of got out of it was the the people in this community are so supportive of each other. Nobody, nobody cares about that stuff. Once you start talking about type one diabetes and yeah. um, it's really kind of refreshing. I agree. It's a, it's a wonderful community. It really is. And, and a, a large part of why people are here. Like I, I'm sure if I was running a podcast about, you know, uh, animal husbandry, people would bail more frequently. They'd be like, ah, I, I wait <laughs> six months to record that animal husbandry podcast. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to start one. I'm going to see. Dan, you know what's funny? <clears throat> I'm about 86% sure I know what animal husbandry is. It just sounded like funny words in my head when I thought of something. <laughs> <laughs> 
you probably it's just taking care of animals right is it it's not about inseminating them is it i hope it's not that was no, when no, i started no. panicking and worrying about it's <laughs> like am i saying no. something creepy no. husbandry is just like um you know at the at the zoo the zookeeper practices hold on a second animal Dan. husbandry animal husbandry is a branch of agricultural concern with animals that are raised for meat fiber milk or other products it includes okay. day-to-day care, selective breeding, and raising of livestock. There we go. Anyway, if I had one of those podcasts, I'd expect people to be like, I'm not waiting six months to get on this damn thing. <laughs> probably not. Yeah. I don't know. We throw the feed in a bucket. <laughs> I mean, what a bad podcast that would probably be. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, might not be very interesting. At the end of this whole thing, Dan, I'll torture you guys. Like, whenever I decide I'm going to be done. I'm going to torture you by doing an entire year of interviews that have nothing to do with diabetes and are about the craziest, <laughs> most bizarre thing, bizarre things that I don't understand. I will spend the last year of my life trying to understand all, like I'll find somebody to talk about animal husbandry. They'll come on and walk me through the whole thing. Seriously. What if you did that? And then that got really popular, even more popular. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would go to my head, Dan. I just want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I am the best. I'd be like, oh, uh, one thing. Good. Uh, one thing I just, for whatever reason, thought of that I think some people might enjoy uh, hearing about is so I've been seeing a lot of stuff about airports on on the different Facebook pages and you know going through the security and mm-hmm. with all your equipment and stuff like that. And so um, with my dad with his prosthetic leg, they had no idea what to do with it and so it was different every time and i remember one time the most awkward one they made him take his leg off put it through the scanner and then hop through the metal detector on one foot and then put his leg back on the other what, side what airport was this call them out i don't remember it might have been it might have been in portland now, why are you there. guys flying so much <laughs> Well, you know, it's an entire lifetime. Okay. I was like, how much of your yearly income goes to to, to airfare? By the way, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. This podcast episode is definitely going to be called Animal Husbandry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice. Because I want people to listen the whole time and think, this has nothing to do with that. <laughs> That's the funniest thing about this podcast to me is when I'm looking for one, I didn't like, I didn't go in order. On, on them, but uh, you really can't get anything from the title. <laughs> yeah, I'm making you listen, Dan. I don't need you to. Yep. I don't need you disregarding an episode because you see a word you're not sure of. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that sounds interesting. Yeah, I think the first one that I listened to, my wife sent me uh, a picture that she got off of the Facebook page of like the first ones to listen to, I guess. And the first one that I listened to was texting diabetes, mm-hmm. and it was right before uh, Eleanor started kindergarten. So her first like public school thing. And we were just freshly diagnosed and I'm going to have to do it different this year. Cause I was like, I was like hot walking <laughs> at school telling them what they're going to do. <laughs> and, uh, I got you all charged work. up then. And then you yeah, went in there. Yeah, they were I, was like... all, I was all fired up. <laughs> <laughs> there is an episode of the podcast called the frozen urine part of diabetes. I can't for the life of me, remember why that is. <laughs> I'll have to check that one out. I don't think I've listened to that one. Um, the other day, uh, Butthole Adjacent came out. Oh, yeah. I, I, I saw you. I saw on the Facebook page that you asked 
how people would feel about that. Yeah, I actually was concerned. You know, I was like, let me just see. By the way, overwhelmingly, people did not care. And I, yeah. I, I, I and it's funny because I'm, you know, I mean, if you listen enough, you you probably get my sensibility. Like I'm like, oh, I'm gonna. So listen, it's an episode about a girl who got a a, 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 a fissure or something like that. What do they call those? Um, you would think I know because I recorded the episode, but <laughs> sounds right. Yeah, her ass exploded. Okay, and, and it was <laughs> and it was prior to her diagnosis, and so you know it's a big part of her diagnosis story. She had this pain. She went to a doctor, et cetera, et cetera, and the um, you know the the damage you know where she had the injury you know it's a it's an injury of her skin right it's um it was between her it was it was it was in her taint (laughs) so i was i was was waiting for you to say that (laughs) yeah and so i couldn't say like you know blah blah blah's taint exploded and then i was like that doesn't work you know so i was like well where is it oh it's adjacent to her butthole i was like i'll call it butthole adjacent and i'm typing that out and there is no voice in my head that says, you should probably not do that. But I'm just like, that makes sense to me, right? And then uh, I set it up to post. And a couple hours later, I thought, Man, maybe I had to just throw a poll up on the Facebook page just real quick to check myself on this. <laughs> yeah, when I saw it, most people were okay. I don't care. Overwhelmingly, people were okay with butthole adjacent. And now, five years from now, someone's going to trip across that and be like, what does that mean? What does that have to do with diabetes? You know, yeah. I, I, I'm looking here. I typed in butt, B-U-T, to bring up, you know, I got butthole adjacent, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Bullwinkle, does Jenny burn out? Um, navigating bureaucracies with type one, defining diabetes, bump and nudge, under the shade bus with Maddie, bushwhacking with Justin. Like, I, I'm starting <laughs> to wonder, like, what would happen? Like, just say a word, Dan, any short word. Go ahead. Oh, um, husbandry. You bastard. What are you doing? Right. So I'll type in H. That won't have anything. No. How about, um, how about, I'm trying to think. I was going to say food, but that probably has everything. Isn't that funny? All of them will have something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, co-parenting. So I typed in food. Co-parenting through divorce came up. Printing A1Cs. So the word food must be in the description somewhere. Mature onset of yeah. the young. Here's one. Mature onset of young love. Oh. What does that mean? I'm not sure. Well, see, but I know, Dan, right? This person had um, Modi, I think. So mature onset of blah, blah, blah is Modi. Oh, uh-huh. And uh-huh. she met her husband when they were really young. And to me, those were the two keys of the story. Yeah. And so, but what would I name? Like, you know, what would I do? Like, what title should it be? You know, Jill has Modi and she got married young. If you read that, you'd be like, what the? I ain't listening. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. Am I, being, I know. Am I being yeah, tested yeah. here, Dan? Damn it. <laughs> Amazingly <laughs> successful. So keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Against all <laughs> odds. And I seriously mean if you knew me when I was younger, you'd be like, really? It worked out? Anything for him? That's interesting. <laughs> I pulled yeah, it together. Well, I don't know how you um, – you are very good at just letting that Facebook page go most of the time. I've only seen a couple things where you get mad – because someone's trying to sell something, which I get because you're not doing this. You know, you could probably make a lot more money than you are doing this. And so well, someone's stealing your stuff to try to sell things. It would 
kind of piss me off too. I don't I don't like people taking advantage of other people. So yeah, um, if I come in there and I say, look, here's a, a link for Gvoke Hypo Pen. If you click on it, it helps the podcast. You know, that's above board. No problem. If somebody comes up and says, I found this, you know, thing that I use, it's really helpful and I want to share it with people. I don't know. That's great. But y- you can see the sneaky, you know, um, yeah. the, uh, affiliate links where they try to act like, oh, my God, this thing really helped me. You should check it out. Or, you know, T-shirt scammers. That's really the biggest problem is that I don't want people to get scammed. And it yeah. happens constantly. Look at this shirt. And then people are like, can you make me one? And then before you know it, everybody's sending money to people. I'm like, stop, stop. No, no, no. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the truth is that 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 Facebook page, I think right now is 20. I, it's weird when I say it in the podcast, because then I listen back six months later and there's so many more. But now there's like 26,000 <laughs> yeah. people in there and they're people who are helping themselves. They're helping each other. They're sharing information. They're being supportive. They're creating a community. They're they're you know, they're helping people with questions and they need to feel safe there. They they shouldn't have to think that you're trying to steal 20 bucks from them. And yep. Facebook is, you know, you have to protect that. So it's not. And, and then the other thing is it's not a marketplace. Like I can't just let people come in there and pimp their businesses like crazy because those people are 26,000 people trying to help each other. But from a cynical perspective, they're also a, a block of people who are primed to buy certain things. And that's not, yeah. that's not right either, you know? And I don't get mad yeah. as much as I'm just like, oh, like Dan, you I'm, just leave me alone. I don't want to do this. Um, <laughs> but, but to your original point about the Facebook page, it works really well because it runs off my general vibe, which is just be an adult. Just, just stop. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't, yeah. don't be looking to be upset and don't pick on people and don't be crappy to people. Just, just. Be a, be a human being and talk about your diabetes and people follow my lead gratefully because it, it's a, that Facebook page is as valuable to people with diabetes as this podcast is, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I don't really ever comment. Well, <laughs> I haven't made my own Facebook page for, or post for probably five years. My wife just does it and tags me in it. Um, so I, I don't ever comment on there, but I read people's stuff all the time and I'm glad that other people comment because it really helps you learn um, all so, kinds of different tricks. Yeah. And, you know, that's such an individualized uh, thing. Type 1 diabetes is not the same for mm-hmm. anybody. And so uh, just getting all these ideas from so many different people, uh, it's pretty amazing. It is. It, it's um, oh, it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, actually. People helping people. Like, I sound goofy saying it, but you're from the you're from the Northwest. You don't care if I sound yeah, happy. Right, right, yeah. So, oh, yeah, we'll help each other, man. Let's go in the woods. <laughs> What's that, a mushroom? Let's eat it. I know what you're <laughs> I haven't figured you out completely, but I'm getting there. And so um, fish, like, how often do you stare at those fish? Do you, just let, do you find them relaxing still, or do they still just work? Oh, yeah. So no, uh, fish tanks will bring your blood pressure down. It's mm-hmm. like a study that they've done. But yeah, it definitely raises mine. I can't go <laughs> to like a public aquarium without trying to see the problems. And then usually if I find some problems, I feel better. So I'm like, oh, they have issues too. You start throwing business cards around, or what do you do? You're like, oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll fix that for you. Dan, does um, anything about your job help you balance, say, a hot tub pH? <laughs> does, does it lend itself to other parts of your life at all? That is an interesting question because when I was in college, 
uh, I worked at a pet store that sold fish and reptiles and hot tubs. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the, my boss's idea was that it's more or less the same thing. It's a thing full of water, <laughs> you know. Let's just similar go for skills. it. Similar distributors, similar skills. How many people do you know who believe in Sasquatch? I think just my older daughter. Okay. Well, she's 12. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's she, funny. I, I just looked at um, the follow app, you know, I was saying I was nervous to get on here. My blood sugar. I haven't had, I haven't had breakfast today. My blood sugar is 158. Wow. <laughs> and I just had my A1C done uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, it was like 5.2. So mm-hmm. I think I'm okay. Arden's blood sugar <laughs> is 94 at the moment. So nice. she's doing better than you. Your pancreas I is know. trying. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It started going up right around 10, 15. <laughs> I, I hear it sometimes. People like get on and they're talking for 10 minutes. And I hear beep, beep. And I'm like, you all right? They're like, yeah, my blood sugar is just going up. I don't know why. I'm like, you're nervous. I'm famous. And then, you know, yeah. which I'm Dan, you know, right. I don't, well, th- I don't think that. Kind of a big deal. To who? <laughs> To you, <laughs> to, to, yeah, to the people that know about you, yeah, I, it's 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 an oddity, really. I I'll, I'm going to go back downstairs uh, when we're done here. My wife will uh, make sure that I know I'm not a big deal. We'll take care of the whole. We'll take <laughs> care of the whole thing care. right now. I I um I wanted to get back to though just the idea of community for people. It's super important. We don't talk about it enough. It sounds kind of hokey when you say it. It doesn't need to mean that you're like at diabetes camp for a week. It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to mean that you ever post on that Facebook page. It can just be the the practice of watching the conversations. I think is incredibly valuable, and um, yep. and just being around people who are are in a shared experience is was very comforting. Yeah, so, it's weird yep. that I'm the one that facilitates it, but maybe not. You know, I was thinking. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny you bring this up. I saw an email today from a person I know who is a community manager, right? So it's a real job. It's 2022. This person makes a real honest living, owns a home, and they're, they manage a community online. That community that they manage has a small fraction of the members that mine does. It does not run well, and I've never thought of myself as a community manager in my life. And I realized when I was looking at it, it was all kind of like coalescing in my head. I thought, oh, I am a community manager. I just yeah. do it differently than people do it. I don't put rules on people, constraints. I mean, the basically, the rule of the Facebook page is be nice. That's, yep. that's it, really. You know, I don't, you know, once in a while people try to argue about politics. There's no politics. You just say no politics. That's the end. Um, and when people say things that are kind of... Um, you know, I was going to say off color, but it's not true. I think what happens is, I think what happens most of the time is that people just don't communicate the way they want to sometimes. They they have a, an intention in their head, but it doesn't come out right, or they don't think about how it reads. And there was a thing this morning where I just, I said to the person, hey, I don't think you're, I don't think you meant this this way. Like, could you look at it again, please? And I didn't say it to them privately or send them a message or I wrote under their comment. I said, I don't believe that you, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. I have a ton of respect for the situation you've been through. Can you please look at this again to see how the original poster might read it? And then the person came back and said, oh, I didn't mean it that way. Like, it was very, like, cordial. And Again, to me, it's the, um, you got to, you can't walk around wanting to be upset. You you know, you got to give people the benefit of the doubt. 
and um, and assume that they mean good things too. And then a lot of times you'll find out they did, or you'll catch somebody in a bad moment and they'll they'll adjust themselves. And the ones who don't are crazy. So what are we doing? We're going to argue with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I write and delete emails to my clients all the time because they caught me in a bad mood, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna. I'm going to wait to send that. (laughs) Let me just take a second here and think this through. I, um, I I said to somebody recently, it might've been on the podcast. I don't know. I I feel bad if I'm repeating myself, but, um, the podcast and the Facebook page and, and in general, uh, interacting with people with diabetes for so long, it's made me a better communicator. Like I, I, I know how to talk to people in a way that I mean, that is, uh, still unique to me, but sincere and does not and takes into account how people might be feeling in ways that I don't know. So you don't, I'm not a person who uses the word triggered really, but they're, you know, so you don't trigger people. So you don't get them, Yeah. you, you know, you don't put them in a, in a disadvantageous uh, situation the first time you talk to them and, and that's how you, you breed conversations. So. Yeah. Yeah. I agree that you have that, um, it's a unique skill that that's hard to do. It's hard to get people to to tell you, especially things like this that are can be so personal mm. um, without well then you know, barriers. You're nice to call it a skill, but it, my whole life people just tell me stuff. So <laughs> I don't know why it is it's natural. Yeah, my wife's like, well, people tell you things they shouldn't tell you, and I'm like, I know it's been happening forever. I have no idea why. <laughs> so. Yeah. Probably just my deep voice, Dan. Makes everybody comfortable and a little woozy. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife wants to put her hand inside of a cow. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just started a podcast this morning. So I was like, all right, I'm going to wait. You s- see how this goes. And it was all you. The, all I got to was you just talking about how great your voice was. <laughs> oh, you started one of my episodes. I thought you were like, yeah. this is the end now. I'm going to pimp my new podcast. I was no, like, what's no, going no, no, no. It was yours. It was the uh, like divorce attorney one. Oh, yeah. Great episode with a divorce attorney who's also the parent of a type one. She comes on, gives great, great conversation about how to manage that situation. So I do the edit on it. You know, I don't know. We recorded it a couple of months ago. I She she wrote a, a great blog post for it that's on juiceboxpodcast.com that's a companion, like a real step-by-step how-to, like great advice. A- anyway, I edited it, um, and it was ready. So it, the audio gets chopped up into blocks, and it's waiting for me to do the open, like the, hello, friends, like that part. And, uh-huh. you know, this episode of the Juicebox Podcast, and then I put the ads in the middle, and I do the outro. I'd like to thank blah, blah, blah. And that happens later. And a lot of times it happens later at night. So I sat down to do that one and I hadn't recorded in 12 hours. Like I hadn't had these headphones on, in, you know, since noon and I put them on It's midnight. I'm probably a little dry and a little tired. And I go, hello, friends. And my voice was so deep. It frightened me. <laughs> and then I got, yeah. I, I got, cause <laughs> I'm hearing it in my ears. Like you and I are the same, um, you and I are the same audio level in my ears. Uh-huh. So it keeps me from talking over you because I hear you on my level. Right. Uh-huh. And, and so when I sit down to do the edit and I just, my voice was booming and then I got intoxicated by, it. I was like, Oh my God, like it wasn't stopping. I was like, my voice is so <laughs> deep right now. And I, yeah. Anyway, it's Dan, if I had a, the opportunity or the uh, idea or the knowledge of how to pretend to be a different person, I guess I would. But this is really just sort of me. <laughs> so, 
was like, oh my God, my voice well, is so I, deep. I think it's likable for most people. Why are you listening to it, Dan? You thinking of getting divorced? Yeah, that's what I thought. I actually thought about that afterwards. It was, um, I wanted to find one that had the normal like intro that wasn't like a famous person or something like that, just to sort of get my bearings. And then after I clicked on it, I was like, if this like somehow shows up in my history and my wife sees it, she's going to be like, well, why are you listening to that one? So don't think I didn't worry about that when I made it because I thought, are people going to listen to this? Like, like, cause it's great. I mean, she's terrific. Like no lie. Like really it's a great interview. Um, you know, she talks about her, her, you know, her professional ideas around the topic. We talk a little bit about her, you know, her daughter as type one and the regular life. It's, it's a nice mix like you would expect. But when I put it up, I thought, I wonder if people will just not want this in their history because it says mm-hmm. co-parenting through divorce. And if you're married and that's in your history, somebody might not think that's great. And, and I was like, yeah. well, I wonder what will happen. So um, I'm going to look right now to see if stats wise, it's different from the episode that went up right before it. Let's see. First day stats. I'm not going to say the numbers out loud because you people don't get to know that. Yeah. Stuff. But let me look at the next one. And then this one. Yeah, it's down a little bit. <laughs> it's down. It's down a little bit over the one that came out just before it, which <laughs> was my expectation. Yeah. And, and to your point earlier about, you know, that's still a great conversation. If you're not thinking of getting divorced, still listen to it talks about communication yeah. and mediation and how people talk to each other and problems that arise in relationships and all this stuff. But you write divorce on it, then everybody's like, I'm not getting divorced. And then they won't listen to it. So, Well, now I can listen to it. And then if my wife, you know, is suspicious <laughs> about it, I'll be like, just wait, <laughs> you know, four or five months. Meanwhile, we'll meanwhile, Dan, so. your wife's listened to it three times already. She's like, she's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like a how-to book. She's making a manual. She's, she's like, this, this guy was serious about it. these fish tanks. I didn't realize. <laughs> I, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well, Dan, you've been terrific. I, I really appreciate you doing this. Yeah, thank you. I enjoyed talking to you. And, um, you know, it goes without saying, if, if you're just saying that and it's terrible, I, I will not. Um, have any hard feelings if you never if you never use this one you listen to the show right dan i do i don't i don't throw away uh, interviews ever i didn't i didn't think so yeah no no i i mean there's been a handful of them that have gone wrong for reasons that have nothing to do with the person giving it and i've and i've put up episodes that i wasn't personally attached to and i still hear back from people about how much they love them it's not just about me or one person or one aesthetic like you're right for somebody you know yeah yeah that's kind of why i wanted to do it good so. no i i really appreciate you taking the time i sincerely do all right yeah i appreciate uh you and so uh well how long how does it work you just des- decide like how long does it how does what work yeah, we're done like, now, how, how keep, do i keep how do i um, you keep you ask me your question how do i know how does one know when they're um interview gets oh (laughs) well 
Well, Dan, the machine takes care of it. We have a large, intricate staff over here. I don't know, Dan. It goes up. <laughs> it goes up in your podcast player, and you go animal husbandry. Holy crap! Yeah, I, I can't believe you really called it that. <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot that guy is! I have no idea why that podcast gets listened to by anybody. No, I don't. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> it's just gonna. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just kind of watch, yeah. and then yeah. six months. Right. Is, is, is six months is about the measuring stick. Oh, okay. So, so that's pretty close. Six months to Definitely. be on. See how I've trained you? Six months to be on, six months to go on uh, to, <laughs> to, to, to record. So it's a year from when you emailed me. And you're like, oh, that's not bad. <laughs> well, that's it. I, I think that is it. Because I already waited six months for this. Part, yeah. So. Like, I'm teaching people patience. I'm really, I'm doing a public service. <laughs> you know? I really am. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on one second. Okay. Did I not tell you Dan was terrific? I was right. Thank you, Dan. And thank you, Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod 5 and the Omnipod Dash. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. What are you waiting for? Speaking of waiting, how long have we been waiting for the Dexcom G7? And now it's here. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Go, 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 go. I want to thank you for listening, for sharing the show with other people and for all the kind things that you do for each other. I'll remind you that I'll be back very soon with another episode, and that you should check out the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. All right, I'm out of here. Don't forget to use my links.